Welcome back, everybody. We had a short eight-month break uh, here in Troy Boys, and we are now ready for season two. We hope you enjoyed some or all of season one. <laughs> um, and we are excited to break down today what's going to happen in the 2022 season for our beloved Troy University Trojans football team. Let me welcome in the best team in the business. Start off with Seabass. How you doing, Seabass? Uh, it's great to be back here with the, the Troy Trojans and the Troy boys. I, I've been sitting here for a long time wanting to talk about them, some Troy Trojans, but you know things happen, and it, it's great to be back with y'all, and uh, this is going to be a great season. We're, we are glad you're back. We're glad you didn't get any of those worms with hooks in them uh, during the offseason, <laughs> yeah, and so you, you made it safely. Yeah, um, I'm the few, the proud that made it through. There you go. Uh, I'd also like to welcome the Birdman. Bird, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'll tell you what, the other day I picked up a newspaper and there were two top stories. The first one was that there's a Monarchas in Brundage now. And the second, <laughs> the second, the second top story was the Troy boys are back. So I'm excited to be here, guys. Well, good. And I'm glad you're not afraid of newspapers because I know that they put them like in the bottom of bird cages. So I didn't know if you'd have like a weird reaction to that. But I'm glad to hear <laughs> you can handle newspapers. That's really good news for the Troy Messenger, the Dothan Eagle, uh, and the Selma Sun. All extremely fantastic newspapers here in our beloved state. So we are going to go into this season with a new conference, basically. This, the Sun Belt looks different than it ever has before. And I'd like to ask the chairman of the board, Seabass. Give us a breakdown of this new look Sunbelt Conference. Well, a couple of things. I feel like everybody covered it. So if you're, you're not in the know, I don't know how else to tell you this. You're just behind the eight ball on this one. For a while, it's been discussed that we're supposed to be introducing four new team members to the Sunbelt. And we, uh, we are fortunate enough to uh, have them join us this season. You know, there was talk of whether or not they were going to join us in the 2023 season or the 2022 season. And we're fortunate to have all four of these members come in and uh, we are introducing James Madison, Marshall and Old Dominion into the East and Southern Miss to the West. And having done that, we would have been lopsided in conference. And so they decided to move the Trojans from the East division to the West division. So we now join the West division. Um, so the cross divisional game against those team, that team down in Mobile is uh, no longer protected because we're a part of the West now. So uh, we are, safely battling for the belt every year um in addition to southern miss um and i believe is that is that the what we're calling the delta of hate is between yeah, that's, us that's and, becoming kind of yeah that's becoming popular a lot of i've seen it not only on our message boards um but also on that school in mobiles message board all six of those dudes talking about it and over at southern miss i've seen a lot of folks talking about this being kind of a three-way rivalry um, and potentially even doing like a um, some type of trophy for whoever, you know, if someone manages to beat the other two in the Delta of hate, um, that there would be some type of um, trophy for that. I, for one, my two cents, I mean, the battle for the belt is, is becoming so strong. Uh, nothing against Southern Miss, but I hate to I hate to try to force something when we've got this kind of young rivalry that is really heating up. I don't want to do anything that might adversely affect it. What are y'all's thoughts about that? Me personally, I'm not against it. Um, I just, I want to, and, and you know, Keith Gill, the commissioner of the Sunbelt really did bring up, he wants this conference to be very strong and very cohesive. He doesn't want us to have a divided message. 
and they were really big on these four teams that we were introducing to the conference, aligning with the current vision that we currently have in the conference. And, and I feel like the competitive aspect is something that we want. We want local regional rivalries. That's something they talked about during their media days in New Orleans for those two days they had it, that they really want good, strong regional rivalries. And I feel like something like this in the West Division yeah, it is something that we look forward to. And and I've been saying it since I, you know, I I went to Troy and I'm not gonna talk about when I showed up, but I I've been saying for a while now, I think Southern Miss would fit beautifully into the footprint. I think that that's a team that beautifully aligns with what's going on. And it's nice that they're no longer a part of the that conference that rated us at one point. You know, if if I could go down to the CUSA, you know, Hall of Desolate now walk in with a bushel of apples and set it down on the desk and say, Hey, can I see your commissioner so I can give them these apples and say, Hey, how about those apples? Cause they left us for dead. They left us for dead in the, in the 2013, 14, 15 time, you know, and, and I, I'm fortunate enough to say that, you know, we've returned the favor and I feel like we're on top right now. I feel like the Sun Belt is beautifully positioned and poised to be the premier group of five conference. Um, and I, I'm fortunate to say that the Troy Trojans have been a part of that for, you know, a, a long time, you know, and then I'm fortunate enough to say that I think we're prime positioned to uh, really strike. And we'll, we'll talk more about that later. But I, I feel like on the whole, I, I think this is good. I think this is great. And I'm not against it at all. Well, great. Yeah, it should be exciting. Um, we're going to play a couple teams for the first time, but uh, but also Exciting to think about in the future, maybe making some road trips um, up to see Old Dominion or James Madison um, or Marshall. I've never been to Marshall, so um, very exciting opportunity, uh, putting some new blood into uh, the conference. Um, this has been a long offseason. We talked about taking an eight-month break from making these podcasts. Uh, there's also been eight months without games. Um, but that doesn't mean that um, it's been quiet on the Western front, as they say. There's been a lot going on for Troy football uh, Coach John Sumrall, who um, he had the opportunity uh, to meet with Bass and I in Birmingham. I know he was honored by that. Um, we, um, you know, he's been a very busy man um, and his staff has been very busy. Um, <clears throat> there's been a couple of things that I've noticed and I want to hear some of you guys' highlights. Um, mine would definitely be AL.com put out a story about a survey they did of Alabama high school coaches. Um, and Troy was the most often mentioned. Um, people talked about Summerall and his staff and how well they had done um, recruiting players in state. Um, we were far ahead um, of Alabama and Auburn. Um, and in fact, it was other group of five schools in the state that were cl more close to us. So um, that was interesting. Uh, another highlight for me just happened a few days ago. Um, and that's when, along with Mississippi State transfer Kyle Cass, who's a cornerback, Troy added, added Fabian Ragosh of the Hamburg Iron Swans in Germany. Um, you know, as Bird uh, tells us with every report about our ratings, uh, Germany is our biggest secondary market for the Troy boys. Uh, and I'm going to take full credit for this. So Fabian, <laughs> uh, have you as a fan, we welcome you to the defensive end position. Um, you know, you've got a lot of competition, but you've got a lot of guys that you can learn from. Um, and, and we appreciate you coming. So, Ich bin ein Troy Trojan, um, and uh, we'll be cheering from you from the, for the sidelines. Uh, Bass, what are some highlights for you from this offseason? 
I think personally my biggest highlight is going to be um, how well John Summerall has recruited for the Trojans. He talked about when he was first hired, and he talked about it when we went to go see him in Birmingham, that he firmly believes that we have to recruit ourselves right now. In the day and age that we currently have of NILs and the way that the transfer portal is working out, you have to constantly recruit yourself. And we have done an impressive job at that. As far as I understand, we're returning 18 starters, and that's unheard of when you have a new head coach change. And he basically renewed, you know, changed our entire coaching staff. So to remain intact the way we did, you know, people look at, what we've done and taken in for transfers. We really haven't brought in many transfers. I want to say we brought in, you know, six, seven transfers. It's worth highlighting and noting, but on the whole, um, I feel like coach Summerall has done an impressive job keeping the the team members that we have. Um, you know, he talked about it again during the media days in new Orleans, um, that these are his guys. This is our team, you know, and, and you know, some people say, Oh, we'll, we'll give him three, four years to get his own guys. No, these are his guys. Our current roster is the team that we currently have. We all support the same school. We're Trojans one and all. And I'm I'm thankful for uh, the recruiting that we've done to maintain the team that we currently have because we really do have good talent on the team. We've talked about that last season. We have great talent. We have wonderful players positioned. We just weren't able to execute. We weren't willing to put the Lego blocks together, for lack of better terms. You know, we have the full-on Lego set to build the Death Star. We just can't put it together. And uh, I'm fortunate to say that we managed to keep many of the pieces intact. For sure. Uh, Bird, what did you see as you were flying around this offseason? Uh, you know, I'm going to have to say that Seabass, uh, you know, he makes it hard to follow up with anything uh, <laughs> with all of his use of vocabulary there. Uh, but I, <laughs> but I, hey, I, education I, really pays <laughs> off. Sometimes. It really does. It really does. <laughs> Um, but I have to agree with Bass, man. You know, we we came off of a season with the chip ship that you know, it it was it was hard to know where we were gonna go from that, and just seeing Summerall come in and just be the genuine guy that he is. Like any any news that comes out about Summerall, they're just singing his praises. Like I think the biggest highlight for the off season is like feeling like the disaster that the you know, the chip ship wreckage left us in at the end of last season. It just, it didn't have the effect on us in recruiting. It didn't have the effect on Troy. Like the university was like, we got to get somebody in here. And they went after the right guy. And I just, I have, you know, a really good feeling that even if we, you know, went six and six this year, and like, obviously I don't want that to happen, but even if we did, I still feel like we have built up a culture already around this guy and Summerall is not going to let it fall below any kind of standard that he has set for himself. I mean, Bird, you're sitting here talking like six and six is a negative thing, but that'd be an upgrade. We at least go to a bowl game. But I, I mean, I said step <laughs> in the right direction. It, it, uh, it, it, it is, but, but, you know, I think I am holding Summerall to a high standard because I don't want to just win six games. I want to win most of them. <laughs> well, I think, I think coach Summerall knows that the expectation is high. You know, Troy yeah. historically has high expectations. He said it at the media days that Troy is a football place. It's mm -hmm. a small town that has the stadium that lets you know that it's football matters. It oh, has yeah. facilities that let you know that football matters. It has a fan base that will remind you that football matters. And I think he understands, you know, with that quote that, that it's expected. It, it is expected to show up and just kill it for lack yeah. of better terms. You know, yeah, go out there 
and win today. You know, I said, <laughs> thank you. That's what we expect. Yeah. Um, and I think he gets that. And uh, I feel like he's done a really good job at rallying the troops. And uh, I think this is going to be a good season. Yeah. I, and it, I really think it is. I, I think, I think that's something too, as far as like having that faith in your team and building up that positive, like, culture and like you know going in and winning that game and just being focused on like what the mission is that day you know I, I, feel, I feel like I see a lot of people on Facebook talking about you know well I'm not really a Troy fan because they only win sometimes I'm like okay well you don't need to be associated with my university then because that's not how we do things around here like Summerall seems like the guy who's going to go in and he's like all right we lost but we're not going to worry about that anymore we're just going to take care of the next thing so I think I think he brings a sense of stability and a sense of urgency and a sense of we're going to do things right and that's something that Chip, you know, he did he didn't he didn't bring any of that at least consistently and there was always more emphasis on one rather than all of them. Yeah, I agree and he said uh, uh coach Summerall said in Birmingham uh he said, you know, I have a 5-year plan but I also have a 5-minute plan. Um you know, he wants to build long-term success at Troy again, but he also wants to have success this year um and so that's very very exciting um as far as when we look at our squad this year uh Seabass talked about it a little bit obviously we got 18 guys coming back um from the starters we had last year which is exciting um me personally i mean i think our defense is going to be extremely dangerous i'm really excited um to see craig slocum jr um i had the um good fortune of getting to meet his parents um, at a football game, sit behind them at a, a football game on the road last year. Uh, great folks, and they have really high hopes for their son, as do I, uh, for this upcoming season. Um, and then a transfer coming in uh, to, to start at wide receiver for us, uh, Ray J. Johnson. Um, he was uh, wasting his talents at UAB um, and then decided to transfer to Troy. Um, where thank, he can get a quality God. education. Thank God. Uh, yeah, so so I'm very – he must have, you know, seen the writing on the wall um, about what was going to happen with Bill Clark. Um, That's right. Which th thoughts and prayers. Um, yeah, but But I'm really excited. He's a big – he's a big guy. Um, we have – almost all of our wide receivers are over 6'3 um, on the roster this season, so we've got big targets for whoever ends up um, being the quarterback. Uh, so I think we have a chance to be much more successful in the past game than we've been over the last three seasons where we've won a total of 15 games. Um, Bird, what do you what do you see when you look at our um, squad going forward? What, what are you excited about on this roster? Matt, I'm going to say, you know, I'm probably going to be beating a dead horse here, but I'm really excited about Carlton Marshall. Uh, you know, that guy, I feel like he's going to continue to make an impact. You know, just looking at his stats over his past couple of seasons, you know, he has 442 career tackles and 47 of those are for loss. And, you know, he, it's just, he's just, he's just our guy on defense and Troy, Troy's defense is superb. And I think he's going to continue to make an impact uh, and following right behind him, Javon Solomon, you know, 83 tackles and 12 and a half sacks, uh, in three seasons, you know, he's uh, definitely not not up there in numbers as far as what Carlton Marshall looks, but he's consistent and he he always makes some big plays. Uh, and then also just Will Cholo. I'm really excited uh, about him coming back. Uh, 79 tackles, eight sacks, uh, 14 and a half tackles for loss in the past two seasons. And uh, he's even had two blocked kicks. So Cholo just really gets in there and he plays ball with these guys. And, uh, you know, I'm, 
I think I'm always going to be excited about the defensive roster of our side because our defense is what really wins the games. And I'm hoping that with summer all coming in here, you know, towards the middle of the season, I can feel like we've got some really good people that we can start highlighting uh, on offense who are going to win games for us more. For sure. Bass, what are your thoughts when you look at this roster? Uh, well, to piggyback off of what Bird was just saying, you know, Carlton Marshall is 104 tackles away from breaking the NCAA career tackles record. Yeah, he, he, had 100, he had 126 last season. So it is totally feasible, and he's taking advantage of that sixth COVID year he gets to take advantage of. So I'm really hoping that we get to tack that one up on Carlton Marshall's belt. You know, it would be a good thorn in the cap right there to just really settle off the season. This season, offensively, you know, I think that's going to be the name of the game. Can we get the offense rolling? You know, we had the quarterback problem. You know, I'm 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 sad to say that Taylor Powell has left us to go to supposed greener pastures for him. Um, but we remain with Gunnar Watson, and I'm gonna be I'm gonna be positive. I'm not gonna say anything negative. I'll give him Ole Miss. I'll give him Alabama A and M. And but by the time we get uh, to the to the App State game, I, I expect if he's gonna start, I expect him to be ready to roll. Okay. Um, but Gunnar Watson as quarterback, we got the transfer uh, Peter Costelli. I assume that's how you say that. A transfer from Utah, four star athlete. We're picking up for the quarterback position as well. Um, we have to be balanced, not just in passing. So uh, in the running back, we got uh, Kamani Badal. You know, that, that's tried and true. I'm looking forward to that. And Jamontez Woods. Um, a couple other key players that I think that we need to to just watch out for that we haven't uh, mentioned. Um, you know, I think it's Ricard, but it could be Richard. Ricard, Juvenor, um, Del Pettis, K.J. Robertson. And there, there are plenty of other great players that we have on our team. But th- those are the few that I think that we needed to highlight. Um, and, and just go ahead and look out for for this first and upcoming game. Yeah, and, and no one talked about Austin Stidham. Um, that guy's, I think, a five-year starter for us coming back um, to lead the offensive line. Um, I think that's just because he's been um, so dependable for us. You know, you get you get used to a guy like that, um, but we shouldn't take him for granted. So, obviously, I think Austin um, is going to have a big season. Um, he's got a lot of transfer guys behind him and some underclassmen, um, but he's definitely going to be the leader of that offensive line. So, Look forward to him continuing his great work. Um, and obviously, he was one of our representatives at uh, Media Days. So mm-hmm. um, he certainly is seen by the oh, coaching that's, staff. Yes, as that's a right. Yeah, he's a, he's a fantastic, fantastic um, academic student, from what I remember from that. Uh, oh, sure. From Media Days. They talked about that. We've talked about everything. It is time to get to the game by game breakdowns for this season. Uh, we'll go through each game, talk about it a little bit. Everybody will give their picks. Um, and then throughout the season, uh, we'll hold each other accountable. I think last year, if memory serves Bass, you ended up winning last year, right? Which is a total shock. You know, I I, I'm, I, I don't have no eight ball. I can read some stats to you, but uh, for picking stuff, yeah, I don't, I don't go to Vegas and make picks, all right? Don't, don't trust me with that. <laughs> and this season, you know, I'd, I'd like to win again. You know, I don't like to lose, but okay. I'm, I'm shocked I won last season. Well, we'll we'll see uh, which way the fins are headed as we start going through this season. Um, So let's start with September 3rd, not that far away at all. Uh, In Oxford, Mississippi, uh, we're going to play the Old Miss Land Shark Brown Bear Rebel thing. Um, And, uh, you know, whatever whatever it is they're calling themselves these days. Um, A couple of things that I've noted 
Um, their quarterback is gone um, in Corral. He's in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, their top four rushers are gone. Um, their top three receivers are gone. Mm-hmm. Um, Williams, Campbell, and Robinson, big defensive stars mm-hmm. for them, are gone. Um, they picked up some stars in the portal, um, but obviously you never know exactly how that's going to turn out. Um, you know, I, I had to laugh at the fact that their kicker, Caden Costa, um, has been missing time recently due to NCAA sanctions uh, stemming from the use of performance-enhancing <laughs> substances. Um, I don't even know what you give a kicker uh, to, you know, I mean, uh, glasses. I don't know, like, what's a performance-enhancing drug for a hey, kicker? It's, uh, it's just... what's the movie Dodgeball with the girl that has the, right. the beaver tranquilizer? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that, that, that's kind of what we got going on here. It is probably, I mean, probably how... the same thing, yeah. How, how Joey Freshwater is it to have your kicker, uh, you know, have performance-enhancing drug issues? Um, Bass, what do you see? This is a team uh, you're very familiar with um, on that side of the state line. What, what Look, do you think? I wouldn't say I'm familiar with them. Um, the, I'm not allowed to say this team's name in my household uh, because okay. my wife graduated from the other school. Um, she's – reluctant to say that we're going to this she said i'm not wearing anything red i'm not wearing anything white we're gonna wear black i was like okay okay whatever whatever you want um <laughs> but with this game you know the head coach uh, lane kiffin this is his third um third season with uh, the rebel black bears um he's 11 for 13 overall with the team um we've only played this team once before ever in the history of Troy Trojan football. We've only played them once, and that was in 2013, and we lost 51 to 21. Um, but 2013, if you remember right, uh, those were some dark times. Um, that was that was the tail end of the Larry Blatney era, and uh, things were not going real well um, in that in that time. Um, to echo what Joe was saying, they, they're losing a lot of talent there, you know, and at last year they were sixth overall in total offense. Um, but their returning offensive production is ranked 113 in the country. So you can take that with a grain of salt. Um, Their turnover margin was really good last season. Um, They were ranked 20th in the nation with a positive eight turnover margin on the season. Um, And they're ranked roughly halfway through the country at 60 um, on returning defensive production. So look for some turnovers in this game, and I I think they're going to take advantage of our youngness. As a Troy Trojan team, they're going to take advantage of that kind of stuff. Um, but on the whole, I feel like that this is going to be a game that's going to be closer than the experts predict because this team is relatively new, um, especially on the offensive side of the ball. It, it is a, it's a new team, very transfer portal heavy. Does Lane Kiffin have the time and the skills to put this team together to be one cohesive unit from day one? You know, if you, if you look at which team is more experienced – it's the Troy Trojans. You know, Troy truly has the more experienced team over over this team. But um, I feel like that the breadth of caliber of, of talent that they have might be a little bit much for us. Okay, so uh, so so what are you picking? Is, is are your fins up or are your fins down? Oh, I'm I'm already throwing my fins, aren't I? I mean, it's it's already time. I, well, I'm gonna throw my fins it's down time. on this. I'm gonna throw my fins down on this one. Um, you know, I, okay. I think the experts in Vegas have us at a 22 and a half point spread. But I, I think it's going to be closer. I really think this is going to be closer to a 14-point game than a 22-point game. But I, I'm going to throw my fins down on this one. But I'll be there regardless. And uh, any and all Troy Trojans that will be there, I'll be happy to see you and talk to you. And we might inter- even interview you for the pod. 
but uh, I, I'm yeah, I, I think all I think all the Troy boys are going to be there. Uh, yeah, yep. so yeah, that's is, right. That's yeah, right. we are. <laughs> um, you're, I, I you're, also you're predicting say, a sad night. I am, I am, but I do want to also say um, for those that are going to be in attendance, this is their whiteout game of the season. They decided to throw their whiteout as the first game against the Trojans. So don't don't wear white. Okay, I wouldn't even wear gray or silver. Break out your cardinal and black and show up. Is there any mm-hmm. white? Don't be afraid of your colors. Wear, wear, wear your cardinal and black. Oh, yeah. That's good advice. There will be no white allowed in the Air Bass and Bird Airbnb right. yeah. uh, that we're renting in Oxford. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, if, 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 <laughs> if you come within 60 yards of me, you better not be in white. <laughs> That's it. That's it. All right, uh, Bird, what are, what are your thoughts for this first game of the season? Man, you know, I'm going to go ahead and say I think this is going to be a win for us as the Troy Trojans because I, I, from what I've what I've heard, what I've been reading, uh, Ole Miss's offense is pretty unsettled uh, right now. Uh, you know, they they are predicting Jackson Dart to be uh, the starting QB, but from what uh, I read earlier today, uh, Lane Kiffin was not impressed with his performance at the scrimmage that they recently had. Said they. Uh, if they had actually been playing a real game, he would have had at least six six sacks. And um, I don't know. I just I feel like with Troy's defense, if anything, we're going to come in here and you know I think we're going to surprise these guys because this is one of those teams that they can very much just overlook us. They can just overlook us and think, oh, this is just a jamboree game in Silicago on a Friday night. They ain't got nothing else to worry about. Oh, yeah. About. No, I agree. Like, <laughs> like, there are going to be fans that sit here and think that we're showing up at 3 and we're at the bar at 4.30. Yeah. There are going to be those people. And they're going to be shocked. I, I yeah. think this is going to be one of those. They go in the locker room saying, what the hell happened? Yeah. Uh, it's going to be one of those. It's, and then they're going to come out and finish it. But – it's going to be closer than people think. I, I also I also feel like, you know, like I, I'm saying this is a win, but also like there is that possibility, you know, we can, you know, pull a Nick Saban and say this is our rebuilding year, you know, and, you know, make it out to be like, oh, we, we lost because we just we aren't ready and we have a new coach. Like there's no. all there, there's all these excuses that they can make. But I think oh, some I, I think some raw genuinely wants to go in here and make a statement, whether it's a win or a loss. And I think he's going to surprise some people. And that's why I want to call it a win because our boys are hungry and they've been hungry for oh, a while. Yeah, I agree. I and, agree. And, and you know, FPI currently has this team ranked as 17th. Um, they're 24th in the coaches poll right now. So do you mm-hmm. think, does anyone sit here and think that they're going to walk in with the era of rat poison? You know, you brought up Nick Saban, so I might as well just keep going with it. <laughs> is, is, do, the, or do you think that they're going to show up and think that this is, you know, it's like we're playing, you know, I, I don't even want to throw anybody under the bus. I, let's just go with, you know, Walmart night shift. You know, is that is that what yeah. they think we're going to be walking in playing against? I think so. I, I think my prediction is that Troy wins this and it's for two reasons. One, um, Lane Kiffin gave a quote about how excited he is about Quinshawn Judkins. Um, you probably don't know who I had, Quinshawn I'm about to say, Judkins I'm looking is. that up right um, now. He's a halfback. He's a, he's a halfback out of Pike Road, Alabama. Oh, um, wow. He did um, sign with Ole Miss, uh, a great uh, talent there. But let me tell you something about Mr. Judkins, who I'm sure is a very nice man. Um, he is fifth on the depth chart at running back. So if you're worried about this close to start, 
you're being impressed by your fifth string running back. <laughs> that tells me that tells me you're in practice trying to figure some stuff yep, out. There he is. Yep. Okay. The and number that, four, maybe, the freshman, 5'11, 210 from Pike Road, Alabama. Yeah, I think I, I think I weighed that in the fourth grade. Um, but but I'm, what I'm saying is I, I have you shouldn't be that worried about since the fourth grade. Yeah. Um, but that so that makes me think maybe things are maybe things are not all well. Um, I also think exactly what you said, Bass. Especially because one of Troy's biggest wins, and turn your audio down, um, in, in the history of coming to D1 is beating Mississippi State. And yeah. so I think for Ole Miss mm. fans to further their hatred of that school in Starkville, it's got to be like, we don't have to worry about playing Troy. Playing Troy for us is an easy thing. Losing <laughs> to Troy is for those guys on the other side. Um, and for that reason, I think they come out sluggish. Um, I think Troy goes into halftime up, probably up 14 to 17 points. And I think Jackson Dart is just overwhelmed trying to come back from it. And who knows, maybe Quinshawn Judkins can come out and lead a comeback, but I don't think he can. So I'm picking a win for the men of Troy, um, and I will be in the square at Oxford um, behaving badly. So a week after the Ole Miss game, uh, Troy gets back to the friendly confines of Veterans Memorial Stadium in Larry Blakeney Field. Uh, and September 10th, we'll take on the Alabama A&M Bulldogs. Uh, it'll be a long drive down most of the state from Lewis Cruz Stadium in Normal, Alabama. Uh, and we'll probably be an even longer drive back for the Bulldogs. Mm -hmm. um, Connell Maynard enters his fifth season at the helm. In the COVID year, 2020, they were SWAC champions, and they were undefeated, their first mm -hmm. undefeated season since the 60s. In 2021, they went 7-3. and three. Most importantly for A&M fans, they absolutely dog-walked Alabama State last year. Um, it was something like a whole lot to a little. Um, they had Laquil Glass, uh, who was an absolute beast for them, threw for 3,000-plus yards per season while he was there, but he's now gone. Um, add to that the fact that at SWAC Media Days, Coach Maynard said, quote, I expect 10 to 11 new starters on defense. Um, now, I didn't spend a lot of time in the math and science complex, boys, but uh, 10 to 11 <laughs> is that's, – that's, that's, that's everybody. Um, you, can't, you can't have more. You know, if you're expecting 12, that's that's, a good you're going to get flagged. So they, he almost – he almost got a 15-yard penalty at media day. Oh, my okay, God. That's a problem, uh, Coach. There is um, a unique way of saying we have a whole new team. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. We got, it's a, if you liked us last year, maybe you'll like us this year. Maybe my pick is an easy out. one. I think Troy's up 40 points by halftime. Um, I think in the second half, you get to see a lot of playing time for some second-string guys. Um, and I think the sound of the South uh, probably is doing the wave by, like, the second quarter. That's right. Um, we hey, might do the over wave under for like if we do the wave. Minutes. That's right. What over under if we do the wave before halftime, Joe? Oh, give me the hammer and pound the over. There might be five minutes left in the first quarter, and we might be doing the wave. Um, so just <laughs> I think this is a this is this is an FCS squad. We should beat them. Um, they're they're disheveled. Um, you know, they're they're gonna be trying to kind of get their stuff together. You know, I don't even think they hang with us, you know maybe a drive or two that they have scripted out. Um, I just think we're too good on defense. Uh, Bass, what are your thoughts for this uh, Alabama yeah. A&M game? I see this as a fins up. This is this there is going to be a great game for us. Yeah, a good bounce back, I feel like, because I have us losing the Ole Miss game, so I think this will be a good bounce back for us. Get back in the stride of things. 
so that we could prepare for the following week. Um, you know, uh, Alabama a is going to be coming off of a, a difficult game for them, if you want to call UAB a difficult game. Um, that the week before us, they play UAB. So, uh, but I feel like that this I've is never heard be, of that. Uh, uh, Spitfire Globe, go Blavuth. Okay, are you have you ever heard of the spark that ignites the blaze? I have no, I haven't. I no, haven't. you haven't. You've never heard of them. Well, um, let me tell you a couple of things. They wear green. I'm not sure. They wear green and they oh, pay perfect. for their degree. And that's about it. They don't they don't learn much, obviously. I mean <laughs> oh my God. we have kids transferring out over to here so they can hopefully learn something. Um but but I, I back back to the subject matter at hand. Yeah, I give this an over. I, I feel like we're doing the wave in the first quarter. To be completely honest, uh, Alabama A and M. I don't know a whole lot about them, and I think that's all I need to know. Is well, their school <laughs> colors are green and white. They're the Bulldogs. Their logo is actually pretty dope with the AU and the A and M and the gaps. That's pretty cool. Like I'm not gonna lie about that one, uh, but that's about where the coolness stops. Yeah, I mean, I personally, I'm going to give this, I'm going to say this is going to be a win for us because uh, I feel like if we, if and when we beat Ole Miss, we're going to be riding high and we're going to build off that momentum. But also if we lose, we're going to be looking to take out some of those, uh, some of those issues that we had and, you know, put it on them. So uh, I think we're going to, I think there's not really much statistics on my part for this game. I'm just going to say it's going to be a big old W. And don't forget, Trojan fans, Alabama A&M is the United and Cardinal game. We need to just show up in your Cardinal because it just is what we're supposed to do. It's what the athletic department has told us to do. And I'm going to listen to Brent Jones without, you know, questioning what he says to me. It's just what we're going to do. Right? Right, Bird? Yeah, you're right. You're right. That's right. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> That's perfect. Let's move along. Uh, our first conference game, September 17th. In Boone, uh, we're going to play Appalachian State. Um, Chase Bryce um, is a former Clemson and Duke product uh, before landing at Appalachian State. Um, he's back after a great season last season. However, his three favorite targets are gone. Uh, bad news for the Trojans, Nate Noel and Cameron Peoples are both back in the backfield. Um, they combined for 140-plus yards last year mm -hmm. um, as they absolutely stole our lunch money in the mm -hmm. vet to the tune of 45-7. to seven. Uh, mm -hmm. Thanks, Chip. Uh, hope you're doing well in Orlando. Um, mm -hmm. My pick, uh, you know, unfortunately, guys, I just don't think we're quite there yet. Um, as, as old coach uh, Benedict Arnold up there in West Virginia would say, uh, App State has is, is, is become a real measuring stick game for Troy probably has been since you know 2015 2016 um and and i think we're gonna we're gonna be found a little bit wanting especially going into boone so i i think this is a loss uh bird what are your thoughts for this app state game i uh, mean i i'm with you on it i i feel like this is going to be a game that we're not quite ready yet to to win uh in somebody else's home field so i'm gonna go ahead and say it's gonna be an l as well all right bass what are your thoughts well, you know, Sean Clark over here in his third season, 20-7 and seven overall with App State. They really do have a good formula for success. They know how to win. 
Um, defensive production is going to be their issue, I believe, this year. They, they have a lot of a lot of kids leaving this year on defense, but offensively they're still going to be stout. However, is anyone there to look at App State's schedule before they start making picks? Whoa. Whoa. Hang on a second. Now we're what? catching strays? <laughs> first, first Nick Saban catches a stray, now it's us? All right, they play North Carolina at – They play North Carolina as an opener at home. <laughs> They're going to put the gas pedal down okay. so hard to win that game. And then they're going to go to Texas A&M, and they're going to put the gas pedal down so hard to win that game because they're expected now to win those games. They're going to be beat down dead, exhausted walking into this game. So you think they're going to look at Troy as a like they're going to look oversight? at us they're going to look at us as the recovery game. Hmm. Okay. Because they 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 see that James Madison's a game they have to win cuz they're now in the east and the Citadel is their next like refresher. After Troy, this it's kind of a nice schedule for them. After Troy, they got James Madison, the Citadel, Texas State, and then a bye week before they play Georgia State. So they probably see Troy as we're coming off the off the hard stuff. We're starting to back off now. And I see this as a win. I see us winning by 5 to 10 points in Boone, North Carolina. Because we're going to get Alabama A&M as an opportunity to kind of refresh ourselves. No, no offense to Alabama A&M, but if you're going to compare App State to Troy as a refresher game versus Troy to Alabama A&M as a refresher game, I think we have a better refresher game. And do you have – I mean, I'm just – I'm so flabbergasted right now. Um, do you have them beating North Carolina or Texas A&M? I think they're going to put go- – I think they're going to put North Carolina on the heels. They might win. They might not. I flip a coin. Texas A&M, they'll I lose. I see what you did there. Texas A&M, there. yeah, Texas A&M, they'll lose though. Thank you, I appreciate. It. Look, the puns are so deep today, but <laughs> Texas A&M, put, they'll put them lose. on their Tar Heels. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Te- yeah Texas A&M, they'll lose though. But that, but they're going to give every ounce of effort because they want to be Troy beating LSU. They want to do it to Texas A&M. That's uh-huh. what they want. That's what Sean Clark wants in his fourth year, so he can get out and get a good job. Like that. That's what's happening right now. So um, they're going to put the gas pedal down for these first two games. Think that Troy, the two thirty kickoff on ESPN Plus at home—that's that's a joke. That's what they're saying to themselves right now. And they're they're going to see us lose to Ole Miss, in my opinion. And then they're going to see us beat Alabama A&M, which we should. And then they're going to sit there and say it's it's just Troy. Like it's going to go exactly to plan for them. And we're going to walk in and curb stomp them because by this point we know what our offensive scheme is. We know what the defensive scheme is. We have great video on them from North Carolina and Texas A&M because they're bringing out every single stop for those first two games. This is a win. Okay. All right. Well, well I, once again, just a bunch of people catching strays. <laughs> this time it's me and Bird for not looking at the schedule. Hey, really. you know, um, I, I, you know yes. I, I hope you're right. I, I hope so, too. Me you know, too. They, <laughs> they're on a four-game win streak. I can't make it go to five. All right? It, it's not possible. <laughs> okay. Um, so let's move another week forward. We've got Marshall, September 24th, coming to Troy. Um, this is our first chance to welcome some of our new brethren. Um, the first time we met Marshall was in 1993. Uh, we've won the two most recent games. Uh, just for Bass's knowledge, so he knows I've looked at it, we are the third stop in a three-game road streak for Marshall. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll have yep. gone to Notre Dame, to Bowling Green, and then to Troy. So this is going to be a tired team. 
um, that has not been in West Virginia for nearly a month. They they get a good bit coming back on defense. Uh, they lost starting quarterback Grant Wells to Virginia Tech. They're going to be counting on Texas Tech transfer Henry Columbia, um, who's going to be trying to have success there without three five-year starters on the O-line who have moved on. Um, my pick, as I look at this, is going to be a tired team. Um, I think Cholo and the boys are going to have a field day against a fresh-faced offensive line for Marshall. Uh, I think Troy wins and ruins Marshall's belt mitzvah. <laughs> the belt mitzvah. So, Bass, um, what do you think looking at my – I mean, first off, I need to know, Bass, did I do a good enough job analyzing Marshall's I uh, think I think you did. I, I really do. Um, I think you missed one thing. They have the for, uh, the former Florida State running back, the transfer, five-star Kalan LeBron. I want to say I said his first name right. Kalan LeBron coming in. Um, he's out of Virginia, played at Florida State for a year and decided he's going to transfer out and go actually play ball. Um, so he, he's now the running back at Marshall. He is actually one of ten colleges is at Marshall one of 10 colleges that has a five-star running back on their roster is Marshall and wow. he's it um there are actually only two group of five schools with a five-star running back and it's Marshall Marshall's offensive production last year was really good okay and they've lost a good bit of it they were ranked 99th overall in returning production their turnover margin is terrible they were ranked 109 last year at negative seven turnovers overall um, but their total defense really wasn't terrible. It, it, but yeah, they just couldn't manage to to keep the ball on offense. I guess is kind of what happened there. Um, I see this one like like Joe was saying. This is going to be a tired team. They haven't been home in a month, um, and coming into Troy off of a team that, in my opinion, would have just beaten App State and Boone. And uh, I'm gonna flip a coin on this one. I, I really don't know how I feel. There's a lot of variables here. If we win that App State game, I think we're going to lose this game. If we lose the App State game, I think we're going to win this game. That's really how I feel. Um, but just for the sake of saying it, I'm going to give this one the fins up. You know, I think that there's a lot on paper that makes me say that Marshall, yes, is a good team, but I think Troy's going to be the slightly better team at home. Um, and I'm going to give this one the fins up. Um, and, I, and I give us the win simply because it's band day. You know, I, you know, I'm ready to see about 400, 500 high school kids out there doing the wave with the sun of the south. It's going to be a great go day. A and it's going to be it's going to be intimidating to those boys up there in Marshall. You know, <laughs> we are doing the wave. Good grief. <laughs> Is it too soon? Bird, still? please save <laughs> us. Uh, man, I, let me pull my notes up. I... I have us down for a win against Marshall, but I, and I, I want to say, I agree with you guys about, you know, this is going to be a tired team uh, having, you know, what three, what three away games back to back to back. Yeah. Uh, they, they play Notre Dame, Bowling Green, and then us. Yeah. And I, I think, I think we're going to come out on a win and these boys are going to be tired, but they're definitely going to have some tools to utilize. in at least that first half, I say after the first half, Troy is just going to stomp them in the ground, and we're going to have a big W. I okay. wouldn't say it's big, well, perfect. But, I think I, but I think we're it's all in close. agreement. 
All right, so let's move to the next week. Um, we head up to Bowling Green, Kentucky, a town we used to be very familiar with um, back when this school had good sense and was in the Sun Belt. Now Western Kentucky lives among the ruins of what used to be Conference USA. You know, it's weird uh, As they wait to, to say, see what their yeah. fate is. Yeah, they left, and they're now poised to be, in theory, the, the, the top group of the Bushel of Apple team, you know, conference. This is it. You know, Western Kentucky is oh, not a bad I, I, team. You know, you can't scoff at them, but they just made bad decisions. They, it's death by athletic director. Um, you know, and I, and I say to Western Kentucky fans uh, what Alexander Hamilton uh, said to John Adams: "You'll die of irrelevance." Um, you know, I mean, you're, just, you're in a nothing conference, which was which was buoyed by a school in Birmingham that didn't exist until like disco music was a thing, and like now all of a sudden. You think you think you and Mitsu are like good enough to start some type of revolution? Did you just like, say get Mitsu? out of here? The Mac didn't even want you. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry for you younger cats. That'd yeah. be Middle Tennessee that State. Mits- I know what Mitsu is. Okay. Uh, the okay. Palladium. Well, I, mean, I was you- around for that freezing cold game. All right, and Murfreesboro. Have you even looked at their schedule? Have you seen Murfreesboro's <laughs> schedule? <laughs> So, so their their schedule actually is is uh, is pretty good coming up to us. Um, they do go to Hawaii. That's fun. Um, and they go to Indiana, but that's a game that is that's a Power Five team, but like not really. Um, and then they come home to play FIU. Um, so this is not going to be a team that's really been through the gauntlet quite yet. Um, they did lose starting QB Bailey Zap and their offensive coordinator um, Cac Kitley. I hope I'm saying his name right. Um, Kitley has been replaced with three co-offensive coordinators uh yikes on a biscuit boys i mean i imagine by the time we play that will be fixed yeah if you got three you ain't got one i mean that's 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 my math on that situation um zap's going to be replaced by Jarrett dog uh a west virginia transfer so we know he hasn't been uh coached very well the past couple of years (laughs) um this is their third year where they'll start the season with a new defensive coordinator uh, I do want to point out Malachi Corley. He's coming back at wide receiver. He had 73 catches for about 700 yards. Um, so an absolute weapon um, will definitely be one of the top wide receivers uh, in the Conference USA, along like, you know, with whoever does well at Chilton County High School this year, because I think they're in that conference as well. Uh, my pick, I think there's just too much instability um, to handle what I'm predicting at this point will be a very hot Troy Trojans team. Uh, and I think Troy wins. Birdman, what do you think happens up there in beautiful Bowling Green? If y'all have never been to Bowling Green, you should make the trip. Beautiful, beautiful country. Yeah, for sure, man. I I have to agree with you. I think uh, Malachi Corley is going to be a weapon that they're going to use against us, but I think Troy's just going to be way too hot, and they're going to come in there, and their defense is going to shut them down. I think this is going to be a big W. Bass, what are your thoughts about this game in Bowling Green? Uh, uh, Western Kentucky – uh, really is, I believe, a great team offensively. Uh, last year, they were second overall in total offense in the nation. They were first overall in passing offense in the nation, averaging 433.7 yards a game. However, um, like we were just talking about, they lost uh, Zach Kittle, offensive coordinator to Texas Tech, and now they have three guys doing the same job. And no one can sit there and tell me that it's more efficient to have three people doing one person's job versus one person doing one person's job. 
Um, so I, I feel like offensively they're going to struggle a little more than they have in the past. Um, but their benefit of that is they have basically a whole new offensive line. You know, the entire offense is all but new. Their returning production is 109 in the country out of 130. Defensively, they were not great last year. But I feel like the offense is going to keep them in the game. And I feel like based off of you know what we had played up to that point, App State, Marshall, Ole Miss, uh, we really are running a gauntlet here. Uh, you know, probably about till midseason, it, it's difficult. I will say the first five, maybe six games really is difficult for the Trojans. Um, and, it, and with me giving a fins up to App and a fins up to Marshall, I feel like I have to give us a fins down on this one. This, this is kind of the point where we're going to – we're going to finally snap, you know, we're nine, two and one overall, you know, we've only lost to them twice. Uh, but I feel like this is going to be the third time right here in, in Bowling Green. Mm. Okay. All right. Uh, well, well, with that sad note, let us move on as quickly as we can uh, to the very next week, October 8th, back on beautiful Larry Blakeney field in veterans Memorial stadium, as we take on the Southern Miss mustard buzzards in the very first <laughs> Delta of hate game. Um, so if we're going to have a Delta of hate, this is how it will begin. Um, you know, I do like to point out even chip Lindsay was able to beat these guys. Um, so it's not very hard. Um, <laughs> their QB situation is an absolute coin toss. Um, last year it was a dumpster fire. They played the last third of the season without a quarterback. They developed a wildcat package and just played that. Um, Ty mm-hmm. Keys and looks it did like not he's do well starter. Him. And Ty Keys, who was their last kind of quarterback of last season, looked capital T terrible in the second half of the Troy game. Um, they have 10 starters back on that defense, but that's a defense that held Troy to just 21 points. So that's a pretty solid unit. Um, my pick, I think Troy continues a recent tradition of beating the mustard buzzards. Uh, and we kick off this Delta of hate thing, uh, with a, on a positive note, uh, Bass, we all know that you have a pretty deep abiding hatred for these guys. How do you think things go in Troy on October 8th? Offensively last year was terrible. You know, defensively was all right. And they're doing pretty good bringing back some guys, but you know, year two of the Will Hall era, you know, if you're really drawing the delta of hate, there's someone has to be the base of the delta. Someone's got to be the bottom rung that holds the other two up, and it's going to be these guys this year. Uh, Southern Miss, this is going to be a big dub for the for the men of Troy. I'm going to get my fins up. There we go. Southern Miss becomes the husk of the tamale. Uh, right. We are will. so confident in this game that this is football letter winner's day. All right. You don't bring back the old bats without knowing you're going to win a game. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, we're going to win this one. All right, Birdman, what do you think? Yeah, man, I, I agree. I think we're going to have a big W on these guys because it's just tradition at this point. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I do like to point out, though, that their their defense, they've got some they've got some weapons back there, especially like Hayes Maples. He's the linebacker in the past three years. He's accumulated one hundred and eighty two tackles. Uh, and then also you got uh, on offense, they got Jason Brownlee, who he's had. 80 catches in two seasons, and that's uh, 13 touchdowns for him. So I, I do think they're going to come out there and play ball, but I know Troy is going to let them have their mm-hmm. fun in the first quarter, and then they're going to show them what's about. I will say, though, that Southern Miss really does put up a good game every now and again. You know, I, I feel like my favorite Troy game I've ever been to was the Southern Miss game that we played in Hattiesburg. In tw- it was 2011 or 2012. 
Uh, we had Mega Chun. Uh, Neil Brown was the coach. And it was raining. It was torrential downpour. I was ankle deep in water on the front row at the goal line watching Mega Chun bulldoze some peeps. So uh, I'm really looking forward to see Southern Miss in the conference. And I, I really am looking forward to this Delta of hate, if that's really what we're going to coin this as and keep it going for. But uh, I feel like this is not a good start for them. But I feel like give it some time. This will be this will be a great three-way rivalry. For sure. Um, yeah, I, I think it's great. Uh, Bird talked about things being a tradition as far as us winning, um, and that moves us nicely uh, into the next week when we will stay in the beautiful confines of Troy. Just keep your RV parked in there by the rec center and get ready for the Texas State Bobcats who will roll into town. That's right, homecoming. Um, yeah, get ready, boys. Pell Avenue calling our name. Uh, former Arkansas State quarterback Lane Hatcher um, is expected to get the start after last year's two tra- two starters said no moss to another four and eight season mm-hmm. in San Marcos. Mm-hmm. Uh, who can blame them? Um, Twelve of last season's twenty seniors were on defense, um, so their defense is going to be very very young. Um, you know, I'm going to give this these guys some credit. Um, they appear to play really hard for Coach Jake Spavital. Um, they always appear to be you know they want to kind of run through a brick wall for these guys or or for him um but just like last year they kind of had us on the ropes um and until Keyshawn Swanson um at safety returned to pick six towards the end of the game to seal the win um but I I think we come up uh with a much easier much more comfortable win for homecoming I'm thinking somewhere from 17 to 21 points uh Bird what are your thoughts about this game against Texas State well I feel like I'm going to disappoint you, Joe. To be completely honest, I I have this marked down as an L for our boys. What are you looking at? <laughs> like you, you must be looking at some some other team. Is this, I, is this like? Hold on, let's Texas? bring up the schedule. Let's <laughs> bring up the schedule. They play App State so before com- us. I I, yeah, I, so I just lost at home. <laughs> <laughs> James Madison, you might even chalk that up as a loss. Well, you know, Houston Baptist, maybe. Well, like well, it's- <laughs> well, when we when we talk about this, I know I, I'm not going to sit here and say that like, oh yeah, their their schedule, like this is this is what's going to happen. But like, based off of the knowledge that has already been presented in this, and based off how many wins in a row I've already given this Troy team, I just feel like this Texas State game is going to be a breaking point for them. It's going to be a breakdown somewhere. And these guys, I'm not saying it's going to be a blowout on Texas State side, but I think there's going to be a close game and we're going to, it's going to be that game right before South Alabama. Because like traditionally, if anytime we've won a big game or won a, you know, a conference game before we played South Alabama, I feel like we Mm. have not done well at all. I mean, we played LSU and we beat them and then we absolutely sucked against South the next week. Like, you know, like I feel well, like I, I was I, having I, a great <laughs> day until you brought things like that up. I'm, yeah. yeah right? I'm pretty terrible. I can't it is, it is. You said it, their name. Like. It's, 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 it's just, it's how it happens. And like, I want them to prove me wrong. I want them to have four wins in a row. And I, I, I want to be the one to be like, Hey, I was wrong guys, but I just, I see Texas state as, as a loss. And mostly because just, you know, historically how things happen before we play that team down South. And also, you know, Texas state, they, they do have some pretty good weapons offensively too. 
like they could do some damage if they go in there level-headed regardless of what their game was the week before against app state because i mean sebastian you have us beating app state i do and, and you know i feel like I feel like Texas T- State is going to be competitive. So if, I don't think they're like, it's going to be one or the other. So if they lose to App State, I think they're going to beat us. If they beat App State, I think we'll beat them. You know, it's, I think it could, it could go either way. But Marcel Barbie, the senior wide receiver for Texas State, he's had 15 touchdowns in the last two seasons. And their, their quarterback, I mean, he has a 62% passing rate. Like, I don't, I don't think they're going to come out there and just lay down for us to roll over them. You know, and, and I'll piggyback off that. I'll, I'll start moving now. Um, Texas State is going to be a better team than they have been in the past. I, I think Texas State's going to improve to five or five and seven. I, I think that they are really going to they're, they're going to move forward a little bit. You know, Jake Spavital is in his fourth year. He's nine and twenty seven overall, and he went four of those nine wins was last season. Um. So I, I, they're moving in the right direction. Is it enough? I don't think so. Um, their returning offensive production is really good. You know, they do have a lot of guys coming back like you were just talking about, Bird. But uh, I, I really don't think this is going to be it. You know, James Madison before App State. And James Madison, I, I, some people are going to discredit them, you know, because they, they can't win the conference championship. They can't go bowling because it's their first year in Division One 1A. But – uh, they're still going to be a good team. So I feel like Texas State, this might be one of their losses of the season. Um, and I give Troy the fins up on this game. Uh, it's homecoming. There, there's just a lot of emotion there. Uh, Troy's got a 10-game winning streak against the Bobcats, and it's going to become 11 this year. Um, but I, I do think it's going to be a close game. I, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. Like some people would say, Texas State, oh, that's an easy win. I mean, they weren't an easy win last year. We won 31 to 28. Mm-hmm. Now it was also the Chip Lindsay era, which reminds me, I get to take a bite. <laughs> but I, I still see this as a win. I still see us winning this game. Okay. All right. So, so we've got a little bit of heated discussion there uh, with the Bobcats. With the Bobcats, we, like who saw that coming? Like who said, "Oh, the Bobcats no, is the game I'm, we're going to argue about." Like, <laughs> it's it's why you got to love the Troy boys. Um, now we leave, and five days later, just five days, uh, we are playing that school in Mobile in the conclusion of the Delta of Hate Games for the year um, on October twentieth, Thursday night. Um, be time to. Uh, take off work that Thursday, get down there early, get you a Fusakli's plate, a couple extra dipping sauces, hey, you can't fake it, uh, and get ready for a game. You can't, no. And you, you get one plate free with every degree from that school. So <laughs> uh, find yourself a graduate uh, and see if you can get 50% off. Uh, Major Applewhite is going to have to replace Jake Bentley um, with either Toledo transfer Carter Bradley or the ghost of Jaguars past Desmond Trotter. Uh, who played quarterback for there, I think, in 2004 uh, when I started attending <laughs> Troy University. He's been on that roster for a long time. Um, this defense is going to be pretty formidable. Um, mm-hmm. They might be the most formidable in the West. Uh, they've got Wykevius Thomas and Ganarius Johnson and Zeke Chapman and Jamie Sheriff is back from an injury, um, all back along with a slew of starters. Um, the secondary is going to include Sunbelt leaders, Daryl Luter Jr., Keith Goleman and Yam Banks, and Ole Miss transfers Jalen Jordan and Jamar Richardson. Uh, my pick, uh, you know, my apologies to you guys. I hate to scandalize you this way. Um, I think this Troy team is going to be riding a little too high. 
Um, I also, from our conversation with Coach in Birmingham, I don't know that this coaching staff puts the priority on this game that the fan base would like them to. Yeah, um, and I, I don't know if that's just – I don't know if that's just his strategy um, or if he's just been gone while the rivalry has been growing. Um, but when I, I asked him a question about it during kind of the public question period, and he didn't really seem to address it the way I would want a coach to address it. Um, just like Bird talked about our experience uh, with our foes down in Mobile after the LSU game, um, I think, once again, Troy is humbled by our little brothers in the city of Six Flags. Uh, and we'll have to wait a year to hold the belts again. Uh, Bird, what are your thoughts about this game on a Thursday night in beautiful Mobile, Alabama? Well, you know, there's two approaches to this. We could use absolute logic, or we could just say, you know, we hate those guys, and we're going to make this a win one way or another. And I think I'm going to go that route because statistically, I don't care when it comes to these guys. Perfect. Take that logic. Uh, Bass, what do you think? Are you, are you fired up? Bird's fired up over there. Yeah, that's great that Bird's fired up. Um, but Bird also has us losing to Texas State walking <laughs> into this game. Um, I agree um, with one of you, and that will be revealed here in a moment. Kane uh, Womack in year two with South Alabama, the battle for the belts. I agree with uh, Joe in, in the sense that this defense is probably in the West the most formidable defense that – we will encounter. I think that if you if you just look around and read around, everybody will agree that Troy probably has the best defense on the west side. Now, our defense is going to be stout this year, and that's not been a question. And the fact that we hired a defensive coach really, you know, solidifies that we're we're going to have a solid defense this year. This team right here is going to put a major damper on whatever offensive production we come up with. And we need to have a game plan walking into this. And we don't have a lot of turnaround time from that Texas State homecoming game. And we, we've got to show up and be ready to roll. And South Alabama has become uh, the cliche of Troy's doing well and then falls apart. Um, I have us currently, you know, up against Southern Miss and then up against Texas State. You know, I, I have us beaten Marshall. I have us beaten App. I have us beaten Alabama A&M. So, at this point, I have us at what? Uh, one, two losses and four wins. So, it'll be four and two at this point. Um, five and two. Five and two. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I forgot that uh, um, Texas State existed. Five and two. Um, uh, this is a loss. I hate to say it. You know, we're four games winning streak deep with this. Um, and I agree with Joe. You know, my, my major caution came from the question that was asked when you asked it, and the response was not what I expected. You know what I needed the response to be? Uh, I don't even think about it. It's going to stay with it. I'm not going to pack it up. I don't know why you asked that question. That That's the response right. I needed. <laughs> For um, sure. Me too. But instead, I got the humble, the other great guys, and this and that. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't care. Do you think I care? I I really don't. I don't I don't care about this. This team, to me, I'd rather just go eat at Fusackley's than go to this game. But Amen. Uh, this game will be. I think this is going to be the game that humbles us back up, and we're going to need it. You know, with the with the next go, next couple games that we have, the next two games, we're going to need this loss to actually be you know competitive after this. So I, I see us losing this game, unfortunately. Okay. Yeah, that, that brings us nicely in, into 
October, I'm going to make sure I have the date right for you guys, 29th, which is our bye week. Um, as Bass just said, an important time for the bye. Um, let's go ahead and update the current pick, pick totals. Uh, it's going to be real easy to do. Everybody has our Trojans at 6-2 and two, um, heading into the back end of the schedule. Uh, so with four games left, everybody uh, has us at six and two. Um, so let's move on. Um, and we are ready to discuss the November 5th game in Lafayette, Louisiana, against the Ragin' Cajuns. Uh, they are the returning division and conference champions. However, Billy Napier is gone to sing Tom Petty songs in Gainesville. Um, <laughs> Levi Lewis, three-year starting QB, also gone. Uh, his backup Chandler Fields and two transfers are fighting for that spot. There's only one returning offensive lineman. As Troy fans, we know how that feels. Um, the defensive coordinator, Patrick Tony and half of the defensive starters have moved on. Um, however, a lot of the guys that are left um, are, you know, five and six year guys. Uh, Lafayette native and alum Michael Desermo. I gave it my best shot, was promoted to call the plays, um, showing ULL uh, is not planning to rebuild the wheel. So they're going to keep doing uh, – try to keep doing what Billy Napier was doing. Um, my pick, you know, off the backs of the bye week uh, and a refocus team after losing to those guys in Mobile, I think Troy wins a close one uh, as uh, Lafayette keeps us from the room where it happens for the last time. Uh, Bass, what do you think about I'm, the game I'm in Lafayette? 100% on board with you. Returning offensive production is not great. Returning defensive production is not great. Billy Napier raided the cabinet. All right, he, he took most everybody with him out of here, and he knew what he was doing. And uh, Michael Desmoro, however you say that name, is uh, is probably aware of the problem that's in front of him. You know, he he won his one game serving as head coach in the New Orleans Bowl. Congratulations to you. Um, but after that, you got to do something. And, and I don't know that we've done enough. You know, I, they were the golden child at the media days. And no one really had a reason why. We just lived under the assumption that they're winning the West. Um, but ESPN, uh, if you're willing to look at what their statistics are, um, they're giving them a roughly 40% chance to win the conference. And they're giving Troy a roughly... 30% chance to win the conference. And I think it's coming down to this game. If you look at their statistics right now, they have uh, Louisiana winning it at 55% and Troy winning it at 44%. And then there's a couple, you know, change percentages there that make up a full hundred. But um, this game is going to be way closer than anybody in Lafayette is willing to admit right now. This is the game that they should have marked on their calendar, but they probably don't because they have a couple of games in front of them that, they're, that they need to focus on. They need to focus on Southeastern Louisiana, their home opener, um, because if they don't win that game, that's a recruiting problem. They have Monroe before us. If they don't win that game, that's a recruiting problem. They got to beat South Alabama. They got to beat Marshall. They got to beat Arkansas State. They got to beat Southern Miss before us, because those are all conference games, and they need every win in the conference to find their way into the final game. They have to beat us. If they don't beat us, we'll have the head to head, assuming we win every other conference game we have to the end of the season. Yeah, uh, I agree. And, 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 and I think Louisiana it's, is, I think it's no gimme. Yeah, no, no, it's not. No, I think their schedule is not as big of a gimme beyond Rice as they think it is. And so people look at this schedule because they, they only beat Nichols last year by three points. Right. They only I, beat the, Nichols by yeah. three points last and, year. And Billy Napier saw the writing on the wall. He left at the right moment. 
he did the right thing at the right time. And no one has asked yet what brand of chips I'm chewing on today. Uh, they're Zaps potato uh, chips. Oh, crawdaddy flavor? <laughs> uh, they are the New Orleans kettle style voodoo because the Trojans nice. are going to eat up this Lafayette team. Oh. <laughs> like it's their damn sack lunch. Um, this is a win for the Trojans. I'm going to throw the fins up on this one. Lafayette nice. better sit down and be ready. And uh, John Summerall, I hope you're listening to this. I want to win this game. If you lose that South game, we better win this game. Right, <laughs> this is this has got to be a win because South is the only thing I'm willing to admit is a loss. After that, I'll, I'll take the loss. All right, if we win John, this game. Coach, you've you've heard your your walking orders, so you better be prepared uh, on this November fifth in Lafayette. Bird, what do you think going against the returning conference champions in Louisiana Lafayette? Uh, yeah, man, I think uh, I think it's going to be a close one, but I think it's going to be a win for us. Uh, I think what Troy's going to have to do, they're just going to have to be well-rounded on all sides of the ball, and that also includes special teams, um, especially the returning team, because uh, they've got a punter who he in the past four seasons, he's averaged 43 and a half yards per kick. And I think that's going to be detrimental whenever we come down to, uh, you know, just that that field position and where we're going to be at and how we convert those third downs and how we move the ball. Like, I think there's going to be there's going to be a lot that plays into that. And I think if they come in consistent, this is going to be a close one, but it's going to be a solid win. All right. So we all have us leaving Lafayette as a happy bunch of Trojans with a win. Um, and likely uh, on top of the West at that point. We head home for our last non-conference game uh, against Army. Uh, the Black Knights will travel to Troy, the first non-service academy, to earn the distinction of being a Purple Heart University, uh, and they'll be visiting us on Military Day. Uh, you know, Troy on Military Day, you have the flyover, um, usually have troops in attendance, um, have uh, recruits taking the oath on the field as they enter into different branches, um, I personally really love Military Day. I think it's such a cool experience. Um, what do you guys think? You guys enjoy Military Day every season? For sure. I love it. I, I love watching the um, the servicemen and women walk through the star that the side of the South make. I, I love yep. seeing that we are willing to um, put on display the military men and women that serve our great country and attend Troy University. Yeah, for sure. Um, so while we've all said we love Military Day, let's now spend some time uh, talking about how badly we want to beat Army. Um, Army did graduate quarterback and leading rusher Christian Anderson, uh, but they returned to the next five returning rushers who built a ground attack last year that averaged 281 yards per game, mm -hmm. second overall. Um, the defense goes as Andre Carter Jr. goes. Um, Mr. Carter, who I call him that because he is six foot seven. Um, and he plays <laughs> linebacker, and he finished only second only to Bama's Will Anderson in sacks. Uh, mm -hmm. My pick for this day, I think it's going to be a beautiful day for football, a beautiful military day. I just think Troy is not prepared um, to both keep up the momentum from winning in Lafayette and prepare for the option in just a week. I think Troy drops the military game to Army, um, probably a pretty boring score too, something like 24 to 14, something like that. Bird, what do you think? Oh, man, I couldn't agree more with you. I think this is going to be a game that, you know, we are going to have to drop because then they're going to think John Summerall is not human. Um, so we're going to have to let this one go <laughs> and, uh, you know, just re 
regroup for the la- uh, the last two games of this uh, regular season. Perfect. Bass, what do you got? Yeah, after the ULL game, I, I see us not really um, being as forefront as we need to be. Um, there is a silver lining, I guess, um, to, the, to the way that this team plays, you know, that they're really uh, rushing heavy, like you were just talking about, Joe. Um, and the NCAA this year has implemented a new rule that um, it will now be a penalty to block below the waist outside of the tackle box. Um, and, and that's going to become an issue for Army because that's the way they like to play. You know, they like to isolate people so that they can get this rushing game going. Um, but I, I still feel like it's going to be too much for us. Um, you know, up to this point, we really haven't run into a really run heavy team. Um, it, it's been either a multiple or, or a straight air raidish type team. And so up to this point, we really haven't run into a real run heavy threat. Um, and, and this will kind of catch us with our pants down a little bit after beating Lafayette. Um, and so I, I'm going to chop this up to a loss with the fins down. All right. The next week, uh, stay in Troy and in, in beautiful Troy, Alabama. And we welcome in the UL Monroe Warhawks. Um, it's time, in my opinion, boys, when it comes to this game, for a little bit of revenge. Uh, ULM mm-hmm. backed out of our game during the COVID year, which prevented us from playing in a bowl game. Uh, they had the unmitigated gall to actually beat us last year uh, to take advantage of the fact um, that we were struggling with Chip, um, who was a performance <laughs> unenhancing drug as a coach. Um, they have former Southern Miss offensive coordinator Matt Kubik, uh, who's going to attempt to take a lot of returning pieces, uh, but he needs to build them some build them into something better uh, than the same unit they were last year, which finished last in the Sun Belt. Uh, On defense, they do have Vic Coning. Vic Coning is a name that Trojans are very familiar with uh, Mm -hmm. and likely have really good feelings about. Vic uh, was uh, here when um, that guy in West Virginia was here as our head coach. Um, I have a lot of faith in him. I know he'll have his unit ready to improve from the 125th ranked pass defense that they had last year. Mm -hmm. Uh, My pick, I think last year was a blip for this ULM program. And it's not that they had a ton of success. They won four games. Um, But I think that this is a program that spends the least on football of any division one team in the nation. And if you don't spend, you will not have, um, you know, huge success. You won't have continued success. So I think Troy exacts revenge on ULM and also exercises some demons from the army game, um, which is going to be a tough physical game. So I, I think a big win, I think, uh, you know, if I if I had my crystal ball and I said forty two to fourteen, I don't think that's outside the realm of, of possibility. Uh, Bird, what are you thinking? I'm I'm with you, man. I think there are going to be some demons they need to exercise. You know, f- on these from the Army game, and they're gonna they're gonna whoop these boys. Also, not just because of the loss that they're potentially going to have against Army, but they're going to be at home. Am I not? Am I right? They're going to be at home. Yeah, it's at home. It's senior night. They definitely want to win those last two games of the season. They want to go out on a high note. And I think Summerall is going to be determined to make that. I'm pretty sure he's marked that on their calendar already. Yeah, I mean, he kind of almost has to. You know, he has to win this game and he has to win the last game. Because if we win these two games, in theory, we're well positioned to be the West division champion. Exactly. Yeah. There's, there's going to be a lot riding on these uh, last two games, these last two conference games. For sure. Uh, Bass, what are your thoughts? And let me, let me preface this by saying, um, because you love the schedule so much, ULM will be, uh, this will be the second game um, Mm -hmm. in two back-to-back away games. Mm -hmm. They'll have just gotten dog walked by Georgia state the week Mm -hmm. before. 
uh, Georgia State beat them 55 to 21 last year. I, I would mm-hmm. think that number stays pretty consistent. I what agree. do you think happens to the Warhawks in Troy? I, I see this as a win for the Trojans. I'm going to throw my fins up on this one. You know, and, and like you were saying, Joe, you, you got to spend money if you want quality. You know, you, you, and, and it's not only the money. I mean, they spend, they have a great head coach. I'm not going to discredit it. I don't care what anybody says. Terry Bowden is a great football coach. He knows what he's doing, and it's evidenced in the self-discipline that the team has. They were ranked number one in the country on penalties. He's a great coach. He teaches them what to do. They know how to act. They know what to do on the field, but they just can't get the job done because they don't have the resources at hand to make it happen. They were the only team in the country last year to have less than 400 penalty yards. They were it. No one else had that. But then they still go on to lose the last five games of their season. So there are pieces in place. The personnel is there. They just don't have the resources to make it happen. It's late in the season. They're going to be beat up. They're going to be tired. We're probably going to be beat up and be tired. But after the Army loss, Coach Summerall is going to know that we need to turn this around. We've got to finish strong because if we don't, we're just going to go bowling. We don't have a chance to play in the in the conference championship game. So this is going to be a win for the Trojans. That's, I, and I agree with you, Joe. It's probably going to be a big win. It's going to be a statement win. I would not be shocked if we're in the 40s to 12 range, you know, uh, 40, 42 to 14, you know, kind of range here. Nice. Uh, so we move, we go to our senior day back in Troy um, against Arkansas State, November 26th. Uh, Butch Jones comes into his second season at Arkansas State, uh, hoping to do better than last year's four and eight record. Uh, Florida State transfer James Blackman is going to be back for his second year at quarterback. Uh, last year's leading rusher, Lincoln Parr, went into the portal. Um, he was replaced by Iowa State transfer Johnny Lang. Um, they have a myriad of big time transfers on defense, though. Um, including King Wakuda and Eddie Smith from Bama. Um, and that'll seek to kind of rebuild that defense in Jonesboro. Uh, my pick, I don't think the Red Wolves are ready yet. Um, I also think if you look at this schedule, which will make Bass really happy, mm-hmm. I think they will have lost five games in a row before they come to Troy. You have them lose losing to, Miss. I think, to UMass. You have them losing to UMass. I do. Oh, wow. I do. I think because they're going to be do, because I th- I think it, I think it becomes a, this is a will to live game, and I don't think they have it anymore because I don't know how many of those first games they're not going to beat Ohio State. They're not going to beat no. Memphis. No, um, I don't if see them beating Old Dominion. Lose to Old Dominion. James yeah. Madison. So then I, I think they lose to Southern Miss. Miss. I think, I think they lose at Louisiana. I think I think they lose them. I, I think they lose with uh, the boys from Mobile coming to town. You know, let's say you're right. Maybe they do beat UMass at home, whatever. I think they go out to San Marcos and lose because they lost to Texas State last year. Um, So, I mean, I think you're talking about a team coming in with guys talking about where can I go in the portal, not how do I, you know, give my all to help Mm -hmm. us beat Troy. Yep, and that's Um, evidence. They don't have a good returning offensive production. It's not good. You know, they don't have a lot of guys coming back. I think we run away with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so so what what are your thoughts, Bass? Yeah, I have this as a – a final statement win, um, you know, just kind of to kind of cap off the season. I know Lafayette fans are probably going to look at this game and say, gosh, I hope they lose this game because then we have a chance again. Um, but I, I think we're going to walk in. I think we're going to finish the job. I think that Arkansas State will be back, you know, get, give them some time and they'll be back to, you know, being the formidable, you know, West 
you know, uh, team to beat, but yeah, they're not there yet. There's a lot of pieces of the puzzle that they need to fix. There's a lot of personnel changes that they need to have made. And in the day and age that we currently live in, if, you know, if an 18 year old kid thinks that they're not getting what they need to get out of this, they're going to head out. Um, and I hate to say it that, you know, it, it's just not what it used to be. It's not the, I'm going to stick it out and start my third year. It's just not like that anymore. Um, so they'll leave and go play for somebody else. Um, I see this, I see this as a win. Arkansas state um, had the fewest rushing touchdowns in FBS last year. Anybody want to guess how many rushing touchdowns they had last season, the Three. whole season? Three. Three, Joe? Oh, 11. Four. Oh. <laughs> they had four rushing touchdowns on the season last year. Four. So how do you turn around from that? Like as a coach, like what at what do you do? It's your second year. How do you fix that? There's just so many things that he has to deal with, and the end of his season is not on his concern list right now. So I, I see us winning this game and, and running away with it. All right, Bird, last pick of the regular season. What do you think happens with the Red Wolves coming in to Movie Gallery Veterans Memorial Stadium? Yeah, guys, I mean, y'all y'all said it best. I don't think I can elaborate anymore. I think this is going to be a final statement win uh, for the John Summerall era and this uh, final, you know, final game of the regular season. All right, perfect. Uh, so that brings us not a lot of um, not a lot of argument here, guys. Uh, we were at, at the bye week. We all had the same record. We end the season. Myself and Bird were both at nine and three. We have a couple of different losses in different places. Uh, Bass is at eight and four. He's got four losses on the season. Um, I will say that any of these would be fantastic starts. Oh yeah, um, I would not be upset fact, with this. Yeah, this would be great. Oh, any of them would be more than half of the number of games that chip won over the course of three years. Exactly. Um, yeah. So, I mean, there, there's nothing – I mean, that that's that's nothing except for just an unmitigated success. Yep, here's uh, another John opportunity. John Summerall and the boys. Yep, let me get another chip in my mouth right now. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, so let's move forward. One of our favorite segments uh, that kind of – Came to be at the end of last season. Look forward to having it this season. Is our tackle box? Uh, so this is when we get a question uh, from the fans out there of Troy boys. Uh, one of the thornier questions going around the Troy fan base, and we see if uh, Bass can get the worm off that hook uh, or if he gets snared. Uh, so see, Bass, this is the granddaddy of them all in terms of questions in the Troy fan base right now. And that is, if you look midseason, App State, whatever game you want to choose, mm-hmm. who is going to be QB1 for the 2022 Troy Trojans? Uh, that's a great – I've actually thought about this way too many times than I probably should have. Um, and, and I kind of brought it up earlier. I'm going to be positive about it. I'm not going to say much about it right now. I was very vocal about it last year um, in that I thought that Gunnar Watson was not the man for the job. Um, And I I still don't know how I feel about it because I don't know what this team looks like right now. But with history being what it has been, I think that we're going to start with Gunnar Watson. I, I think he's going to be QB1 for the Trojans this year. He has the experience with the team. He has the rapport with the team. Um, 
and he's he is the elder of, of all the others that we currently have on the roster, right? There are, there are two others. It's Peter um, Costelli, and then is it Tucker? Tucker, what's his last name? Tucker Tucker Gilcrease. Gilcrease, there you go. Um, but I do think Gunner is going to be the one that gets, gets the nod for QB1. Um, and if it doesn't go well in, in the Ole Miss game, we may switch to Peter Costelli and just kind of see how that plays out. Um, you know, he, he's serving as the red shirt freshman. So we have time to develop him. We have time to turn him into the kind of quarterback that we want him to be for the Trojans. I don't know what kind of offensive scheme um, we want to run right now on the John Summerall era, but we have time to develop that. And, you know, who knows? Maybe Gunner might serve better this year than he did last year. He just never got on the right foot last year. It, it, it just never clicked for me. Um, and, and I think, and people got really up in arms about it, but the Georgia State game, all we had to do was win that game last season and we're going bowling. You know, and I, I get it, it's the Mike Hall era, the one game in the Mike Hall era. But nothing seemed to work. It was so formulaic, it hurt. And at some point, if you're going to serve as the leader, if you're going to serve as QB1, at some point, you got to sit there and say the play call that they're making on the sidelines ain't cutting the mustard and and call the audible. Um, and I don't know that Gunner's there. And I, and I hope we've developed him in the offseason to be that that person that we need to really run a formidable offense. Um, it, we've really strayed from the air raid, you know, of, of the late 2000s. Um, but we need to get back to that, you know. And, and if we want to be – the formidable Trojan wall that we used to be, we got to have a solid QB one. And I'm not saying Gunner's not the guy. He could be, but last season he really didn't have it for me and I want him to have it, but we'll see. We'll see against this Ole Miss game, September the 3rd, if he's the guy, but I think he's the person that we're going to run with as QB one. Yeah. I, I tend to agree with you. I mean, I mean, obviously you had John Summerall um, openly discussing at different fan events that when he arrived on campus, um, Gunnar Watson couldn't do a single pull-up. Um, you know, that he was he was so out of shape he couldn't do a pull-up. And I think um, that kind of played to what I was talking about. Like yeah. he he clearly was the person they wanted to have doing it. He just wasn't putting the work in. And I, and I yeah. and I hope we've developed him in the offseason to make that happen. Well, and that could be that could be from coaching. You know, if 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 the coach doesn't make you feel like you have to do that, um, then you don't do it. You know, maybe uh, Coach Summerall ha- has put the heat on him. Um, if you read the Troy Messenger, uh, you also see a lot of excitement out of Coach for Tucker Gilcrease out of Brantley, Alabama, three-star recruit. Um, you know, and you could see maybe Coach being interested in, you know, in the same way that Neil Brown had Brandon Silvers, um, mm-hmm. who's kind of Neil Brown's guy. Um, you know, I'm sure it's attractive for a coach to go, let me take this young guy, we're going to take some lumps, but then he's going to be mine. You know, we're going to know how to communicate um, and get that kind of thing. Um, from what you hear from Peter Costelli, he's been, he's been um, you know, they did a radar gun. He was running plus 21 miles an hour. So obviously mm. a very fast guy, able to make things happen with his feet. Uh, but I appreciate your answer. I I think you're right, unfortunately. Well, I think we yeah, you know, with, with Peter being a fast quarterback, you know, someone that can really run the ball, uh, what's the option here of us running a two-quarterback system? You know, because Gunner's not running. It's not going to happen. Um, what are the odds that we develop the two-quarterback system similar to what Auburn did a couple years ago? 
it's interesting that you say that. Um, Bird, I don't know if you remember, at the, towards the end of last year, you were kind of clamoring for a two-quarterback system between Gunner and Taylor Powell. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I kind of wanted that myself. I wanted them to be utilized better. I wanted because like they both had, you know, those strengths in those different areas. But I don't I maybe it may, I think I think it really just comes down to Chip. I don't think Chip utilized how he should have. And with Gunner and Taylor Powell, I mean, you know, we thought Taylor Powell was awesome. And but I, just, I, I still to this day yeah. think Taylor Powell was awesome. And, you know, congrats to who got him. Was it Eastern Michigan that picked him Eastern up? Eastern Michigan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no con- Eagles. Congrats to them. You know, but, they got a great quarterback. Yeah. But, yeah. And, and and which should be alarming. You know, I'm shocked more toy fans were not as pissed off as I was mm-hmm. at the fact that we had a an, an offensive-minded coach and couldn't put the building blocks together to have a stout offense. Well, we and, had the players. And also, if, if we want to get, like, nitty-gritty with it, if we go down to the basics of Gunnar Watson couldn't even, you know, he couldn't even do a proper pull-up when, you know, Summerall got on campus, well, that makes you wonder how Chip was conditioning these both of these quarterbacks because wasn't it Taylor Powell got hurt towards the end of the season and wasn't even playing? Mm-hmm. Like, like I mean, what was he do? what was he doing with these guys? What was he – like if he wanted to utilize them in that way, he did not set them up for success in that situation, even if it was just sprung on them at the last minute. Like, hey guys, we're gonna do this this week because you both have areas where y'all are great and areas that y'all have deficits in, but y'all complement each other well. I think Taylor Powell and Gunnar Watson could have been, they could have caused chaos on the offensive side of the ball for other teams if, mm-hmm. if if they had been conditioned well and if they had been utilized right. And if John Sumrall wants to come in here and do this with uh, Gunnar Watson and Peter Costelli, like I, I think he would be smart to do that. I think it would be a risky move as his first year as a head coach for Troy. Like, right. but if it, if three or four games in it's working, like what, well, why you got, why do you need to fix right. it? Right. So, I mean, like the time to do it to me is the first game. Yep. Yep. Because there's no film on it. You know, if you're going to dare do it, do it. The 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 double-edged sword of that, though, is once you've done that, everyone knows when Gunner's in, that's what's going to happen. Exactly. Yeah, right. And, and, I, and, I, and I don't know if, if John Summerall should risk that walking in. Yep. And, but I, my personal opinion... Going back to answering the tackle box, my personal opinion and the answer to it is that Gunnar Watson is going to serve as QB1, and he's probably going to play for most of the Ole Miss game. We'll probably switch Peter in for a bit. We'll probably switch Tucker in for a bit if the things are not going real well and just see what happens. Because even if we lose this Ole Miss game, it really doesn't affect our overall in conference. This is really a good measuring stick for Coach Summerall to see what can our quarterbacks do under pressure and I think Gunner's going to be the way we start the game. Let's move on to another segment we all know and love, and that is the best in the nest. Now, Bird, obviously we don't have uh, any games to talk about, but who do you expect to rule the roost uh, this year and end up in your nest more times than one? After you know going through and you know really thinking about the people who stood out last year and what we have, who the guys we have returning, uh, I really think defensively, I'm going to pick two defensively. I think we're going to hear Carlton Marshall called a lot. And I think he's going to be a key playmaker uh, 
on the defensive side of the ball. So I definitely expect to have him on my list a lot, even if it's just honorable mentions. And then offensively, I really, really think we're going to hear and see a lot of uh, on the ground game from uh, Kamani Vidal. Uh, I mean, he's a sophomore. He's 5'8", 215 pounds. He's been all Sunbelt honorable mention for two years in a row. You know, last year he did, you know, he had, a, what, more than 100 yards in consecutive games for the straight second straight season. And two of those games were against Texas State and Coastal Carolina. Uh, you know, led the Sun Belt, was ranked 14th nationally. And uh, I'm kind of talking more about him because I talked up Carlton Marshall a lot earlier. Uh, but yeah, I just I think he's just going to be a key player in you know in the run game for us, and you know he's also a little versatile. Like he can catch the ball. He had 22 receptions for 134 yards last season, and he caught five passes against both Georgia Southern and Liberty. Uh, so I, I just I think he's going to be key to that uh, offense, and you know he's just a real standout guy. So I'm hoping that he makes an impact a lot in that run game for us. Yeah, I agree. You hear a lot of people talking about that that you're going to see more rush first stuff from this Troy offense, and and I think Kamani will have a lot to say about how successful mm-hmm. that is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I agree on both of those fronts. For our last segment uh, for this preview episode, it's time for me to wrap myself in aluminum foil, uh, you know, wet down my eyebrows, step into the inferno that is TroyFans.com and bring the TroyFans.com hot take of the week. Oh, gosh, they got chips and Troy fans now? Now we're in trouble. Oh, God. All right, so so this one, you know, Troy Troy fans is an interesting place in the offseason. The offseason is long. It's been a long eight months. But anything that comes out about Troy, you're going to see a lot of discussion about we talked earlier about the AL.com article um, that discussed the anonymous survey of Alabama high school football coaches uh, that spoke so laudingly about uh, Summerall and Troy overall. Um, and as, as a guy who went to Troy uh, during the time period when I was there um, that has a real hatred for UAB in my heart, um, I wanted to give this uh, all of the honor it deserves. So here is a quote from a thread on Troy fans talking about that article. And it says, as amazing as the article is to hear as a Troy fan, I'm laughing at UA's B coach saying, we have a top group of five program. And an unknown coach complimenting them for saying, they offer our kids no matter what, even if they're not being recruited. You can't make this stuff up. LOL. <laughs> L-O-L. Uh, that is, it is hilarious. Uh, it, what UAB has done, you know, they've come back from the dead. Um, you know, there are more people in that stadium to watch some like fake spring football league than there is to watch their team. But good for you. <laughs> Y'all do what you want to do. Like, that's fine. But like, it is getting to be like a little bit much. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. UAB football among people in Birmingham is like Chick-fil-A. Like, it's becoming like, okay, like, I, all right, it's fine, but it's not that great. So, like, <laughs> just leave it alone. And, and, you know, no discredit to Bill Clark. You know, I, I, he really is a great football no, coach. No, he had a, thoughts, he and had a thoughts and prayers. wonderful tenure at Prattville High School. Yeah, I, it, it, he really is a great Alabama football coach. Um, but when you align yourself with those people, I, I, don't, I don't know what to say. 
you know, and, and it, it spitfire glow blazers. Uh, yeah. It, it, yeah. It is what it is. And, and I really appreciate the author of this, uh, UASB. Is that what you said? Was that the first, yeah, the beginning? I, of, can you run that it. back again? Yeah, that's it. U UASB is what a lot of like the older University guys. of Alabama's at Birmingham. Yeah, so it's it's they call it the University of Alabama's B team. UASB. Oh, I get it. Yeah. I get it now. I get it. Yeah. That okay. That's real cute. No, I get it, and I, I mean, it's Troy. I don't think Troy fans should really have a lot to do with UAB fans or. I, I wouldn't UAB know that that's anything. the joke. Yeah, I, I had to be explained yeah. the joke because yeah. one, they're not funny, and two, they're right. You know, it really is the backup team in every sense of the yeah. word. Yeah. So I'm, I'll be rooting for Troy, obviously this this year, and um, I will be rooting for all twelve schools uh, that play that squad. So uh, so go Bulldogs as they open up on September first. Uh, against uh, Alabama that's right. Um, that's right. And then all right, the boys, we, week, yeah. <laughs> not so much. Yeah, no, I'm going to have trouble there. We have finished this marathon episode. I appreciate everybody sticking with us. Obviously, breaking down every game um, is yeoman's work. Um, you know, as, as the meme says, it's simple work, but it's something. So um, what are your final thoughts as we get ready to sign off from this 2022 season preview. I, I think back to the words of Brent Jones at the Birmingham, uh, whatever it's called, the Trojan Tour Day. Um, and it, it's, it's simply in the hearts of everything that they do at, at Troy. It, it's about the students. They want the students to leave with a championship ring and a diploma. And I think this year, with ULL being down and the rest of the West Conference being a crapshoot, flip a coin, you know, uh, uh, for most of these games, I, I think that Troy really is positioned to walk away with the championship ring if we just sit down and do it. Uh, you know, I'm really excited for the John Summerall era. I think there's a lot of pieces in place for him to really execute some great things at Troy this season and put us back where we belong. You know, uh, and I, I do miss having the double-digit win seasons. Do I think that's going to happen this year? No, but we're going to at least go bowling. You know, if the tackle box this question this 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 week was, are we going to go bowling this year? Absolutely. I, I think we're going to go bowling this year. So you might as well just go on down to your local bowling alley and get you some bowling shoes because we're going to be going bowling in December now. It's going to happen. So uh, I'm really looking forward to this season. Pack the vet. If you don't have tickets to a game, go look online, troytrojans.com, and buy some tickets. Go get some tickets. There are season tickets still available. Section 116, the Crazy Cardinals. Come join the Troy boys in Section 116 and come, come watch the Trojans win some games at home at the vet. And uh, every Friday is one Troy Friday. Take some photos of yourself in your Trojan gear and tag the Troy boys. Hashtag Troy boys. We'd like to see you in your Trojan gear. For sure. Absolutely. Thank you, Bass. Bird, any final thoughts uh, as we sign off from the season preview? Man, I'm, I'm just excited. This is, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's hard when you come off, uh, you know, lackluster season as what we had last year. But, you know, there's just there's so much opportunity for these, this Trojan team, there's so much opportunity in this Summerall era. And I just, I think Troy is doing the right thing and they're taking the right steps. And I, I'm just, I'm excited, man. And like Bass said, I think we're going to go bowling this year. And I am excited to, you know, I'm excited to buy more, buy more tickets after the regular season, man. Like I'm, I'm ready for, I'm ready for a good classic Trojan football game. And whether that's a win or a loss, like, 
I'm excited to see what these boys like the type of work that they put into on the field this year. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think from what you've seen, especially in camp, especially fall camp, you know, you can just tell a difference in the way that these guys have um, behaved themselves, the way they're responding to Coach Summerall. Um, you know, I, I echo everything both of you guys said. I'm really excited for this season. Um, you see a lot of folks out there um, picking Troy to be six and six. Um, you know, obviously there's going to be some people yelling at their iPhones as we pick them to do better than that. Um, you know, I, I think six and six would be disappointing um, given the way the schedule breaks down. But but no matter what, I think Summerall's got some breathing room the same way that Neil did. Um, and I, I think Trojan Nation is going to give him time. Um, to build. Um, and that and that appears to be what he's doing. So very excited uh, to have him and see the work that he's doing. Please make sure you look in your thread the week of August 28th uh, to see the old Miss land shark, brown bear, rebel, white mustached guy breaks break down. Um, you know, as we as we break down the baby blue, whatever they are, Powder um, blue. We'll break down that yeah, that game in, um, you know, in detail. So watch for it. Um, you know, please subscribe, rate and review, share the podcast with other Troy people. Um, make sure you come to the games like Bass talked about. Um, Bass, thank you so much for being here. Chairman of the board, I really do appreciate it. Always, always happy to be here. And uh, again, go Trojans. At Bird, thank you so much for your time and for serving as the editor and producer extraordinaire for the Troy boys. This is so much better than the job I actually get paid for. So it's a pleasure yeah, to be here. <laughs> I, I love doing this. You know, I could sit here for yes. another three hours and talk about Troy Trojans football, but I'm not going to do it because no one's going to listen to it. <laughs> this is the fun stuff. All right. So uh, as your humble host, thank you so much, everybody, for joining us. Uh, go Trojans. And as always, God bless you, Blaze Brown. Thank you.